I'm Jesse Aredia, and you're listening to Mom Empowered, where I help moms ditch their anger, break free from anxiety, and create the life they've always wanted. This show is for the mom who's ready to become more free and empowered. Okay, hello ladies. Um, This morning, I wanted to share with you guys a, a bit of a story about a meltdown I had this morning, a mini meltdown I had. Um, Before I do, to help give it some context and also explain why I maybe sound a little bit off, um, I have a cold. It's a really gross cold, like lots of drainage, stuffed nose, congestion, the whole thing. Um, I started to lose my voice this morning it's okay for right now, so I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I want to share this with you guys, uh, but then I will definitely be resting my voice afterwards. Um, but yeah, I'm sick, and I'm not usually a baby when I'm sick, but I do have a little bit of a crankiness that can come out. I think that we all do, especially as moms. Like it's not fun to be taking care of kiddos while you're not feeling your best. You know, like I think we can all agree on that. Um, but I wanted to share with you um, just a story from this morning. It really stood out to me. Um, just now it's comical because I know what was happening underneath the surface. Um, in the moment, I felt terrible. But what ended up happening is um, I was taking care of my youngest, Josie. I was changing her diaper in her room. And my two older kids were awake and they were waiting for me to make them breakfast. Now, I'm in the room, I'm changing Josie's diaper, Tessa, my eldest, comes in, she's four, and, you know, she's like, good morning, Josie, you know, she's she's being so sweet, and I hear my middle child, Jamie, who is two, going on three, I hear her from way across the other side of the hall, upstairs, I hear her yelling, mommy, 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 like, over and over again, she just wouldn't stop. And so I'm, I'm assuming that it's because she wants breakfast because in the morning, that's usually what she ends up demanding. She's ready for breakfast. And when she wants it, she wants it, period. But she knows that I am taking care of Josie. And it, that's part of what frustrated me. I'm thinking like, she knows that I'm in here. She, know, she should know that she always gets breakfast. I don't know why she's yelling for me. Well, I go tell Tessa to go check on her, you know, go tell Jamie that she doesn't need to keep yelling anymore. Mommy will come in just a minute. So Tessa does what I asked. She's an amazing big sister most of the time. But even still, she comes back and I still hear Jamie from the other side of the hall still yelling, mommy, like, mommy, come here, mommy. And normally I would probably yell back and just say like, just a minute, I'm coming. You know, like I would normally yell back or even tell her like, you better get your butt over here. But I couldn't raise my voice. I couldn't yell to her because I am sick and because I didn't want to lose my voice. I was already struggling to speak and I definitely wasn't going to raise my voice and then, you know, like really strain my vocal cords altogether. So... I didn't yell back. I just, I kept hearing her and I could feel this like anger rising up in me, just this frustration, right? Very normal. You know, I'm not saying this isn't normal. 
Um, it is. And then after a little while of this, I'm finished. I just finished changing the diaper, finished getting Josie dressed for the day. And Jamie comes in to the room and she's still saying, mommy. And I just finally go, what? Because this is the first time I'm face to face with her and I can actually like figure out what is it. And just like I thought, she says, I want cereal. I want cereal now. I want cereal. And I lost it. You guys think that I am like this put together mom all the time, but just know I have plenty of moments where I lose it. And this is one of those moments where I lost it. And I walked right over to her and I wagged my finger in her face and I said, shut up, shut up. I don't want to hear it anymore. You will get your cereal, but shut up. And I finished getting Josie dressed. And Jamie now is crying because mommy yelled. Of course, she's upset. She's crying. I'm feeling terrible, but I'm also just like, whatever, she'll get over it. And we go downstairs and, you know, we carry on with our morning and things are okay. Here's what I want to point out about this. And it didn't take me long for me to figure it out for myself, but it's something that I've noticed come up in me. We're going to dive more into that. But what was happening in this moment is that deep down on the inside, I was frustrated that I was not receiving compassion from my kids. I was not receiving compassion from Jamie. I woke up that morning feeling like crap. You know, normally, you know, like when you're sick, you don't feel your best. You sometimes feel like crap. I felt like crap. I was tired. I knew that, you know, we had to carry on like usual. And I would have loved to have to receive some compassion from my kids. Just some like, I'm sorry you're not feeling well, mommy. Oh, mommy, you sound sick. Oh, mom. You know, like I just, or even just to leave me alone. Like, just let me be. Of course, I'm going to take care of you. Of course, I'm going to get your breakfast, but please just don't bother me about it. Just give me a moment. Like, that's what I'm thinking. And really, like, the main thought here was not just that, like, I want compassion, you know, because of course, like, you know, I want compassion, but it was this, like, craving, this thought of I need it. I need compassion from my kids. I need Jamie to have compassion for me. And because she did it, because she's three, <laughs> because she doesn't care that mommy is sick and why would she um, at that age at least because of that thought, I need compassion. That was where a lot of my frustration was coming from and where I think this meltdown happened, why I think it happened, where I was saying, shut up, you know, getting up in her face, and being very angry. Now, this thought of I need compassion from my kids, I have noticed this a lot, so much so to the point where I'm starting to think that maybe compassion is like a core value of mine that I didn't realize I had um, just because I use it a lot. Like I use the word compassion a lot when I'm trying to teach Tessa about being a good big sister and caring for her younger siblings. And, and, and that's fine. You know, it's fine to have a love for teaching compassion, to want to instill that in your kids. That's great. But here's the problem. Me telling myself that I need compassion from my kids, that I need it, 
is me placing an expectation on them that they might not know how or even be ready to fulfill. And not only that, but when I am telling myself I need compassion or I need anything from my kids for that matter, I need obedience, respect, affection, anytime I tell myself I need these things, I am unintentionally feeding into the belief that what I have or who I am in that moment is not enough. I need compassion from my kids. Why? Because I want them to change their behavior to suit the weakness that I feel. I need my kids to listen to me. Why? Because I want them to make my life easier because I don't have the time. That, that's what I'm thinking. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. Do you see how tricky and deep-rooted this gets? This is a problem I see for so many moms. And it's been a problem for me. And nobody is talking about it because it's normal to think this way. It's normal to place expectations on our kids in this way. But here's what I want to say on this. If you want to break away from what's normal in order to experience motherhood on a healthier and happier level, you're going to have to challenge yourself to also think and operate on a higher level. And this is a great place to start. Recognizing that the thoughts you are having about you needing something from anybody are not serving you. They are feeding into the belief that you are somehow insufficient. You don't have enough. You are not enough. This is not enough. Whatever. Now, this isn't to say that you can't really want something. You can. I mean, of course, I want my kids to listen to me. Of course, I want compassion. Of course, I would love for my kids to be kind and more sweet when I'm feeling down or when I'm under the weather or I'm stressed out. But the moment that you or I cross from just wanting something to telling ourselves we need this thing is the moment that you are no longer taking full ownership of your emotional state and well-being. Now, the way you feel or behave is being predicated on somebody or something else. You are basically saying, I am dependent on this thing, even though the truth is you're not. You're not. You are still the adult in this situation. You still have your free will. You still have authority over your mind and your actions. You still have power. Now, just to take this concept even deeper, I want to talk about why this makes sense from a scientific point of view. And that is that when you are thinking you are dependent on someone or something, when you are believing you need this thing from someone in order to be okay. When you are in this mental state of insufficiency, what ends up happening is you go from using this brilliant, creative, prefrontal cortex in your brain where your best decision making and your creativity and your problem solving takes place. You go from that to now operating from your more basic, primitive part of your brain, the part that is used for survival, the part where things like our fight or flight mode get triggered. 
And this is how you ultimately end up showing up in your life. You end up in a perpetual state of fight or flight. Because this mental state of insufficiency, this belief that you know, you're having a story you're feeding into of I don't have enough or I'm not enough or I need something, I'm dependent on something, it triggers this feeling of being unsafe. And anytime your brain senses that you might be unsafe, it will try to convince you to do whatever it takes to become safe for survival. This is just a survival thing that our, that our brains do because of, if you look back over history, if you look back over history of our civilization, it, it was essential for survival that our brains would tell us to run or to fight in dire situations and unsafe situations. It just is kind of unfortunate that we still mostly operate out of that um, when we have the option now to not. Now... When you are, when your brain is sensing that you might be unsafe and again is trying to convince you to do whatever it takes to become safe in order to survive, what you will see yourself doing is you will possibly be lashing out, you'll be trying to control or take matters into your own hands, fighting in a fearful, frenzied kind of way, or you may notice yourself checking out, shutting down, going into your turtle shell, going to go hide, run away. This is fight or flight. And moms experience fight or flight mode all of the time, just like this, without them even realizing. And definitely without them knowing why this is happening in the first place. They might think it's because of their kids or the dishes in the sink or their husband's rude behavior. They might think that that's what's overwhelming and stressing them out, but truly it's because they don't feel safe. And the reason they don't feel safe is because through their thoughts, through their thinking, subconscious or not, they are communicating to their brain, I am not safe. And that primitive part of our brain loves to swoop in and try to fix this for us by any means necessary. I hope that all of this makes sense. I know it's it's kind of a more in-depth look at what's going on in our brains. And honestly, I am not an expert and I don't pretend to be. So please feel free to do your own research into this. If learning more about how your brain operates is interesting to you. I personally think it's fascinating. And I love to combine this knowledge with my coaching tools and the skills I teach my clients because I think it matters. You know, I want to know that what I'm teaching actually works with our brain's natural design and uses that to our advantage. Because otherwise, what's the point? But just to go back to the main point of it all, I want to really challenge you to pay attention to your thoughts this week, especially when you notice yourself going into that fight or flight mode where you were either lashing out or shutting down, or some variation of this, I want you to pay attention to how you are feeling. Because I can promise you, it is not just anger, it's not, ir- it's not just irritation or frustration. It's almost definitely fear and insufficiency. Fear of not having enough. Fear of not being enough. Fear of not having what it takes. Fear of things always being this way. Of you not being safe. And once you find yourself feeling these things, I want you to get curious with yourself. Try to find the root of it. What are you telling yourself you need? From your kids? From your partner? 
from your friends, your extended family maybe. If you're an entrepreneur and you notice yourself shutting down or feeling frustrated towards your work, what are you telling yourself you need from your audience or your followers or clients or your customers? What are you telling yourself you need? And after pinpointing whatever those thoughts are, these beliefs of what it is that you need that you somehow don't already have or you can't possibly live without, I want you to ask yourself, are these thoughts serving me? Are they actually helping me in any way? And what might it mean for me if I were to choose new thoughts instead? If I was to practice new thoughts that allow me to feel safe and to rest in sufficiency so that maybe I can access that more creative and confident problem-solving prefrontal cortex of my brain and use that to help me manage my emotions and make more firm decisions and move forward no matter what. Some examples of new thoughts you may want to practice here might be, I have the time for this. I have the strength and energy for this. I have the patience for this. I don't need my kids to listen to me in order for me to know I'm a great mom. I don't need my partner to listen to me in order for me to feel cared for. I am capable of caring for myself. I don't need somebody to save me because I am already safe where I am. I am safe with my emotions. I am safe in this chaos. If there is a problem, I can trust that there is a solution. And I can use my creative, problem-solving mind to go find it. These are the kinds of thoughts that have powerful impact on our lives because, again, they're reminding you that you're safe, that you have enough, you are enough, and that you still have authority and power in your life. You are not powerless. I want you to spend some time really reflecting on these things, and I guarantee that you will start to notice a shift in you. Maybe it'll be subtle at first, like you'll have just a wee bit more patience for your kids than usual, or you will handle stressful situations with just a bit more calm or confidence. But when you notice these things happening, I want you to remember that your mind did this. Nothing else needed to change in order for you to start to change. Because all that you were experiencing to begin with was really just coming from what you were believing and the stories you were telling yourself. All right, ladies, I'm going to go rest my voice, go make myself some tea, and I suggest that you guys find some rest and some time to relax whenever you are able to as well. I love you all, and we will chat again next week.